Welcome to A to Z Sports Powered by TennesseeTickets.com. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at A to Z Sports. You like our Facebook page at A to Z Sports Nashville. We are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 central time. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it all happen for us and for you guys. RentersWarehouse.com, the professional landlords in the Nashville area. RentersWarehouse.com is where you go to find out how much your home can rent for. Mandu, the pulse of fitness. I'm going today. Couldn't make it yesterday, but I'm going today. Mandu.com. Your first workout's free. 15-minute workout equals five hours in the weight room. Mandu.com. The Tucker Agency, giving you relief by saving you an average of 20% on your personal insurance. TuckerTN.com. Calvin and Subtle for your new hardwood floors and finishing needs in the mid-state. CalvinandSubtle.com. And the Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. BoneandJointTN.org. The region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic, and sports medicine care. So hit them up once again, boneandjointtn.org. I was actually curious, Zach, about um, uh, the – I had like an internal over-under on the first comment about Judavian Clowney uh, because of Everson Griffin signing with the Cowboys. Uh, David brings in like really early, like one minute into the show, Everson Griffin signed with Dallas. Titans need to sign Clowney. So that hit the under in my internal well, No, over-under. your boy Clay Matthews is still out there. No, no, no. I was saying that, <laughs> hit, that hits the under. I, I was thinking maybe like 10 minutes into the show before that happened. But David bringing it in the first 60 seconds. So, Zach, you say Jerry Jones actually has a good idea about how more Titans fans can go to Nissan Stadium this season? Yeah, this is kind of funny. Uh, Ronnie says, Jerry Jones, good lord. And then we've got uh, Jerry Jones is an idiot by Roderick, who watches the show pretty consistently. And, and uh, understandably so. Like, I understand that people don't take Jerry Jones as seriously uh, as probably Jerry takes himself and his ideas. But you cannot deny Austin. He's a very successful businessman. There's a reason for that. Uh, and if you know anything about the back in the history of Jerry Jones, pretty self-made, uh, risk taker, a lot, a lot of money in oil, took a chance on the Cowboys in the '90s, turned that franchise truly into America's team, and uh, without any Super Bowls in a long, long time, he still has the most revenue as far as value when it comes to a franchise. So the, the, he's not an idiot. He, you just may not agree with this thought. But, but, here's a but. He's not the best decision maker in, in all aspects. Well, I, hey, when, when he, he can get a ton of sponsorship dollars to, to help pay for a, a state-of-the-art stadium that really, he was the start of that. But oh, Yeah, sure. But that's beside the point. I think Jerry has a good idea. I do. Uh, I think Jerry is on to something. So, we're all trying to find solutions to get back to somewhat of our normal lives living with the coronavirus, in which we will live with the coronavirus for the foreseeable future. I don't see it going away anytime soon. I don't think that they're, they're, the, the vaccine is going to make it disappear. We're going to have to live with this thing. So Jerry has an idea, and I, I want to know what you guys think about this, to get fans in the stadium. Now, he's not trying to pack out Cowboys Stadium with 100 plus thousand I I don't think that that would be allowed but he does want his fans to be in the stadium to at least watch some of the 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 Cowboys games if if some of his fans want to so the idea is potting 
Okay. We all have heard of a pod. So I think as we've gotten further away from the coronavirus, really true outbreak in like March and April when it hit our seas is, well, we know more about it, Austin. You can shrug your shoulders and further away from the outbreak. I don't think we're further away from the outbreak, but you can absolutely say now that we know more about it, go ahead. Further away from the peak. I mean, right. The curve, the curve is no longer uh, heightened as it was and in deaths, because Again, we didn't know how that, to do Now it. that we know more about it, continue. Right? Deaths are down. You cannot sure. deny that. I'm not. So his idea, the potting philosophy is get a group of friends or individuals. So let's say let's say it's the A to Z sports team. So it's me, Austin, Buck. We've got Luke. We've got Alex. We've got our whole crew, our whole crew, interns and all. And there's going to be a set number, and we will have set selected seats that are socially distanced from other pods. And these pods would be placed around the stadium. That's the philosophy. Instead of having an individual six feet away, six feet away, and you're just sitting there kind of like on an island by yourself. So the potting philosophy, not only are the Dallas Cowboys looking at this, the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs are looking at this idea. So the first thing I'll ask you, Austin, is, is this a good idea? Well, what this immediately takes me to is it takes me back to college and signing up for student tickets. (laughs) That's what that reminds me of for Vol football games is us getting a group of 12 people and one guy's in charge. He grabs all – this is obviously before it all shifted online – uh, there's every, one guy's in charge. He grabs all 12 student IDs. He goes to the uh, university center and he says, we want 12 tickets together. Here's our IDs. And we got them. That's what this immediately reminds me of. So look, I, I don't think this is a bad idea. I think it could work um, because everybody's talking about a percentage, a percentage of and percentaging and spacing is the, is the conundrum people are trying to figure out on how many people can go to these NFL games and maybe college games as well. So uh, does it make sense that if you have one group of people that are okay uh, with doing this, with sitting together to cluster them, that allows you to have more people because you're not having to spread out individuals throughout the stadium. You can have clusters that are spread out. I think it makes sense. Now, I'll ask everybody else who's called Jerry Jones a clown, who's called him an idiot because James says Jerry's a clown, speaking of clowny. Uh, you've got a lot of people, uh, Tribe Call Quest says, if Jerry Jones made an idea, I'm automatically against it. So I'll kind of flip it on everybody who's saying that. Does it make you feel better about this idea from Jerry Jones, knowing that the New England Patriots and the Super Bowl champs, the Chiefs, are also on board with talking about this? Yeah, well, I think that, that it gives uh, – I think it makes – fans may be a little bit more confident that this is just not Jerry's idea, that others are looking into this. Uh, I I think this is a fantastic idea because not everybody thinks the same about the virus. Some people want to go to games. Some people are comfortable in going outside and letting the sun hit their face. Some people are not. Some people have to be locked in their house at home. So I I like this. I think this gives – uh, I, I think it should be spread even further. I understand that in different areas, and this is the reason why the NFL made it up to the governing bodies of the cities of NFL teams to decide because 
Nashville's outbreak is different than New York's or Florida's or whatever. And the mm-hmm. other issue is you have mayors, and we're going to talk probably about that, who think differently about the virus, that this potting concept could work, but right. they're not willing to do it. All right, so um, here's what we're going to get to next. We're going to ask you guys, would you would you be on board with this potting slash uh, cluster uh, of fans in stadiums to help uh, get more people inside the stadiums, which is just going to make everybody happier, right? More people inside the stadiums brings more revenue towards the teams and gets more fans happy because they get to go see their favorite NFL team play. So would you be on, on board? Uh, how do you think this idea would work? Potting, clustering to get more fans inside of the Nissan stadium for this. And I also think, uh, uh, my brother chiming in on the show this morning brings up another great situation and a great uh, concern about really the biggest problem with people at games uh, coming up this fall. So before we get your answers and get you guys more involved this morning, first, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse. RentersWarehouse.com, they're Nashville's professional landlords. Uh, RentersWarehouse.com is where you go to find out how much your home can rent for because they're the professional landlords. They can help you out by creating an extra uh, cash flow for you, you don't have to panic sell your home if you're having hard times right now during the pandemic. Renters Warehouse can help with that. If you also, if you own Airbnbs and you don't have that tourism, that travel coming in every week, every weekend, RentersWarehouse.com can help you out and relieve some of that lost income as well. RentersWarehouse.com is where to go. Got a lot of positive feedback on this. I love it. I I love that we have positive feedback. We're going to read some comments uh, here in a second, uh, look, I, I think that Jerry ha- is on to something. Uh, we asked you, would this work for Nissan Stadium? John says, anything for football? Yes, let's do it. Rick brings up the the face mask emoji, which you're going to be required to wear a face mask, so sure. you don't have to worry about that, Rick. That's an NFL rule. Right. Dustin says, 100% on board. Michael McDonald, you don't know me, says, yes. I, this is unbelievable. Uh, fans uh, are what makes sports fun from Jeff Roberts. Uh, Angie says, I'm on board. I'm down with it from Brandon. Keeping it 100 up there from Nardo. Pod and wear a mask. Uh, he's saying, uh, he's saying, what a joke. Uh, so, look, I think that this could work for Nissan Stadium. And uh, we had a, another commenter bring up the fact of bathroom lines, right? People no, are going to have to take, you know, go use the restroom. So, yeah, what's the difference in that and going into a grocery store? Well, the grocery store, um, it's it's a great question. The grocery store is is a necessity. It's essential. Right, but it's also an essential. Like People need to go to the grocery store. People have to eat. Bathrooms are essential. Bathrooms are essential, absolutely. But the game itself, as if you want to go back to Malcolm Jenkins earlier this summer, Malcolm Jenkins, a safety for the Eagles, said football is not essential. Like, it, it when you're talking about the government saying what's an essential business, football is not one of those. Now, do I believe football and sports is essential to the United States economy? Absolutely. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the health. So the football game and fans going is not essential like the grocery store is. So here's the thing about this. is I, I think the potting, clustering idea makes a ton of sense uh, and now you put people who are comfortable, who are saying they are comfortable with a group of people they're going with, to be able to interact with each other at the game, sitting together, 
I think it's a good idea. And obviously that the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Patriots are talking about this gives it some legs. Now, my brother Ethan, who works uh, in sports and has uh, he's got a, a graduate degree and, and a master's in sports management, has worked and has a lot of experience with big crowds, especially at Neyland Stadium, he says it doesn't help people getting in and out of the stadium. Sitting them isn't the issue in his opinion, and I, I think his, his opinion is valid for this conversation, absolutely, uh, because of his experience. It's about how can you get people in and out of the stadium, the bathroom lines that like you're saying, uh, concessions is a whole different um, a conversation as well. Like, Is it only concessions via vendors going to seats and so you can avoid lines there? And I've, I think – I've got a solution. I, I think I have a solution too as far as getting in and out, and, and I'd like to hear your opinion on that. Pod numbers, stagger them. How many, how many pods are you actually going to have? I have no idea, but if it's 100 pods, let's say, I, I don't know. I'm just going to give that as an example. You each have a number, and that's where it's segmented. And a if time you, slot. If you really, yeah, and time slot. So if you really want to be efficient, uh, pod pod number you know 74 is c- comes in and leaves at this time. And that's the sacrifice. You, it's going to have to be weird. You're going to have to sacrifice your time if you want to go watch football because you're going to be one of the select few. And I think this potting concept does work. I think if everybody wears a mask and everybody respects the the potting system, you're going to be taking your temperature. Like they're going to use some protocol because it is some. It's more dollars in the pockets of these these stadiums and these franchises. And I think it could work. I don't think it would work for all NFL teams. Well, and you've got like Washington said this week that they're at least starting the season with zero fans. Uh, Vegas said zero, I think for the entire season, uh, I saw who else was it? Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, their initial plan was 14,000, which I think was like 20, 25%. They've cut that down in half to 7,000 fans, at least to start. Um, and Roderick says, I've got an idea. I follow the NBA. Look, the NBA, while they're doing great with their tests, they're in a bubble. You cannot put the NFL in a bubble. There are too many people involved. There's like there's like six, five to six times more players in the NFL than there did is you, the NBA. Did you Prescott said yesterday, though? I did not. I found this very, very interesting. This kind of came from Cowboys media availability, but Ed Warder tweeted out this yesterday. He says, the most important revelation – the Cowboys today was Dak Prescott saying 90% of the team is actually living in a hotel. Dak said, quote, I think it's important for us as players to try to create the smallest bubble we can amongst players. The healthiest teams win, end quote. So and that's, that's, and that's responsibility. Great. And that's, that's awesome. And the Saints are doing something similar too. But that's up to the individual players. That's not a league rule where the NBA – can build its bubble and can mandate everybody to follow the the rules inside the bubble. The NBA and the NHL set the example. These these grown NFL players aren't stupid, okay? They're not dumb. You can't be dumb in the NFL. And if you are, you're weeded out like Jamarcus Russell and Vince Young. They look at the NBA and the NHL and say, damn, this is working. Like, the, the positive cases are such low percentage once the MLB got their act together and they weren't going out and partying and, and doing the things that they weren't supposed to do because they didn't have the regulations that the other leagues did, they started to kind of get their act together. So I think that these NFL players, they have the benefit of looking at the other sports leagues before them and say, 
if we can replicate and they get guys like Dennis Kelly, who's the Sarge, yeah. and said, don't be a dumbass, don't go out and party, put your mask on, and holding people accountable, these like you're not hurting kindergartners. You are hurting grown-ass men with freedoms, but if you are a team, right, and that's the best part about what Dak Prescott said, the healthiest teams win, this is a benefit, and we haven't even gotten this. This is a big take from me. I think the Titans, I, I said uh, a couple weeks ago, I think that the best teams will win this year because of not the, the home field advantage and the other uh, different things that come into play in, in regular years. I think the strongest teams will, will survive. And the Titans, let's face it, they have a really close-knit team that is well-coached and a together organization yeah. and a together mindset. <laughs> Not every never not every team has that, right? I agree. The Titans and Kevin Byard said that too, along the same lines of I mean, you've heard that all across sports that uh the smartest team, the most responsible team, uh the best team will win, not necessarily when it comes to talent on the field, but whoever handles the the protocols and the situation the best overall. So back back to fans in the stadium. Uh, I, I think and uh, look, there's people that disagree with masks. There's people that say there's no way people are going to wear masks inside the stadium. But you have to think about this. <clears throat> the people that are that are willing to go to the NFL games during this pandemic are the diehard fans that are probably going to be more willing and more flexible to deal and to follow along with whatever protocols are set up by the team. And these aren't just the stubborn assholes that are going to do whatever they want or they're going to be kicked out of the game for not following the rules. The people that are going to go are the people who truly want to be there for their favorite team and to have that fan experience. And so, because I, I thought about the time slots of getting your cluster checks in at 1015, right, at date seven. Can you trust? that that time slot, that cluster of 12, 15 people, however many, is actually going to do that? If they don't, what happens? They just can't get in? Do they get their money back? How does that work? Like, So there's more like it's great, and that's, it's a great start to say, okay, you have, you have 10 gates, and each gate rotates at 15-minute entry point, and then so there's like 30 minutes or so in between every gate between the same uh, gate, it, that makes a lot of sense logistically, but do you trust people who are probably tailgating and drinking before doing that to show up on time and to act responsibly? And that's something you have to think of. Yeah, well, and there's always going to be hurdles that we we don't think of. Uh, and and I'll, I'll tell you this. This is actually pretty interesting. And I, I kind of told you a little bit before the show, Austin. This is very similar of what the United States Army is doing. I had a chance to talk to, to one of my friends that is in the Army, he had three-week training. I'm going to tell you, and I don't know if Jerry got this philosophy from there, but he kind of dove into what the protocol they had because I was very interested because you'd have to think, you know, military, very uniform. They've got to be conscientious of, of, of the virus. I'll explain to you what the U.S. Army did in pods. Yeah here very soon but first tell the people about calvin and subtle yeah calvin and subtle absolutely the best hardwood flooring that you can get 615-448-6414 they have your hardwood floors you can give them a call today and within one to two weeks you can get your hardwood floors installed rip up that carpet and upgrade your house whether it's your kitchen your floors your, your the floors in your your bathroom your bedroom 
They've got you covered. Great material at a great cost. Very, very cost effective. 615-448-6414 or online at calvinandsubtle.com. Upgrade your home today. All right, A to Z Sports here live on a Titans Thursday. We'll talk specific Titans training camp because uh, I'm going to practice tomorrow, and I'm very excited about that. Zach, you mentioned uh, the Jerry Jones pod clustering idea. Uh, we've talked about creating entry times for each cluster and pod to go into the stadium to help uh, even out the, enter- the entering and leaving of the stadium. And you say you talked to somebody in the U.S. Army about how they organized uh, training earlier this summer. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. So the the philosophy behind this is they have to be on the same page. Let's say, God forbid, and I don't even want to – 2020 is crazy, but he gave me this example. What if a hurricane like Katrina hit the Gulf Coast, right? God forbid, I don't want that to happen ever. But we're going to have to be prepared. And so how they trained is they had pods of six. So once you entered – They were very mask efficient, but once you entered, you had a pot of six, okay? And you worked in your group with six members. If one person needed to go or you needed to work with another pod, you only elected one person throughout the entire three weeks of training to go to other pods so they could track and, and trace back if, in fact, they got infected or somebody tested positive, that was the case. They luckily did not have any positive case throughout this training as far as he told me, but it's the same uh, philosophy. Now, that's very militaristic, one individual and and, and in a training setting, but the potting actually did work because it separated the majority of groups of people from other majority groups of people. I think this could effectively work in a lot of NFL cities. I think the one thing holding back is the governing bodies of said cities. And we talked a lot, we, we talked earlier about, you know, how are the lines going into the bathrooms? The one person that will hold this back, I think in, in the case, and we asked the question about Nissan Stadium, and I'll say it, it's the mayor. The mayor is never going to allow this with all of the rules and restrictions that he has set forth in Nashville to try to control people here. He's not going to allow. I would be shocked. Well, yeah, and let's let's talk about like currently what are the abilities for groups in Nashville because that's where the Titan Stadium is. It's you still cannot have groups larger than twenty five people, uh, so that can't happen. Obviously, uh, bars are closed through this weekend, August sixteenth. Um, so we'll see what happens really uh, the rest of this week and over the weekend. Um, uh, and and how things could change with what Mayor Cooper does at that August 16th deadline that he set in July. So well, if history shows of what he has done prior is he's going to keep extending it. And this guy is going to keep running our economy into the ground here in our, our city that I've grown up and loved. You've grown up here and, and we're never going to get back to where we should be at this rate, and that's my personal opinion on the matter. Well, okay. His, action, right, his well, actions say that this is probably not possible. This if possible. He, would it help, and, and I'm just throwing this out there, would it help if it was extended through the end of August? Because the Titans' first season opener is like September 20th. Which is great. Which is which allows more time. So if I think if 
look, this is not the lockdown that April was, right? It's it's a little we we can do more things, but it's still very tight. So, but if the August, July, and August remains the same, and really early September remains the same, wouldn't that help allow for more progress to be made? So maybe it can be uh, alleviated once the Titans actually have their home opener September twentieth. Like I, I think it's it's buckle up and and let's let's hang on tight so we can do something do more in the future that's kind of my my personal thought and because i'm not in control of this i can control what i can what i control like and that's me wearing my mask that's me uh social distancing and, and washing my hands and and sanitizing stuff that's that's what i can do but i can only follow along what the mayor does yeah and the mayor's going to piss on this plan like he's pissing on our city all right, A to Z Sports here live on uh, this Titans Thursday. Let's dive in. Uh, and well, Jay Finn, real quick, brings up uh, why can't decisions be made game by game? And I think that is the case because, you know, week, weeks change things. So why not uh, make it game by game? And I think Philip Fulmer in uh, Knoxville is doing the same type of thing. He said it's on a game by game basis. Uh, because of how their schedule might be set up. Oh, oh, I feel adaptation is absolutely correct. Yes. You never you do not have from week one to week 17, this is the rules, this is the amount of pot. No, you have to adapt and evolve, but you flexibility. can't flexibility. But you can't, yeah, and flexibility. And but that's my issue with our city. We are we have zero flexibility. There is no flexibility. We're on lockdown. Everything closes at 8 30. You can't get a drink after 10 p.m. It's impossible. that They won't let you. The mayor won't let you. So that there is no flexibility in this city, and that's the sad part about this great idea and, and philosophy to try to get us. It's unique, right? And you know what? If it doesn't work, if it doesn't logistically work out and they can't get the people safely in the stadium week one, then you adapt. But I think this plan is so far from even being thought of by the mayor that it doesn't matter, and that's a sad, cold, hard truth. Well, and that's Paul Kaharski reported last weekend that the Titans hope for 25% capacity. Uh, that that was Paul's report, which was just over 17,000. Uh, and Paul actually got a response from the mayor's office saying that they cannot uh, give an exemption to their health protocols for the NFL game. So. And that's a paraphrase there from that statement, but that so that's that's surprise, just the, that's the report on that. So A to Z Sports, let's talk Titans football now on the field, on the practice field, and that really starts for the media tomorrow. Tomorrow is the first day that Titans media will be able to go to training camp and watch practice. I will be there, and we're gonna have all of your coverage. Make sure you're following us on social media, Facebook, Twitter. Instagram so you guys can get your first look and first taste of what this training camp is going to look like and feel like. So I have one Titans player, guys. He's under the radar. But I think the Titans really need him to have a great training camp. Not just a good training camp, but they need a great training camp from this one under the radar Titan. But first, let me tell you guys about Mandu. Mandu is the pulse of fitness one 15-minute workout equals five hours in the weight room. How is that possible? It's the science of full-body electronic muscle stimulation. You're not lifting weights. You're not putting a lot of weight bearings on your joints, on your shoulders, your knee, your ankle, your hips. Uh, so it can help you if you've got some, some injuries you're dealing with with your joints. 
uh, it'll help you get over that. It's helped my shoulder. I got a bone spur there. My, my shoulder is stronger because of Mandu and what it allows for me. Mandu.com. The science is real. The results are real. It shows you a lot about your body with the in-body analysis. Mandu.com. Your first workout is free. A to Z Sports. Don't forget, we've been uh, speaking of the Titans. You can tighten up watching Blitz 2001 defending the crown today at Pittsburgh. Big time. 2-0. Got a big time win uh, yesterday against the Chiefs late in that football game. Look, I guess it's a long road. I do not expect to go undefeated. I expect to play good Titan football, good defense like I did yesterday. What what but time is this game? At, at, at Pittsburgh. Well, we, we got meetings. I, I look, check to our social media. Okay. My hope, and this is my hope, is that next week we can get back to a regular schedule at least instead of ducking and dodging. But, hey, 2,000 views watching Blitz yesterday on, on Facebook, that's pretty damn good. All right, so I've got a line for you. I got the spread. Before we get into the uh, Titan under the radar, the spread I'm setting at Titans minus seven and a half. Well, if my field goal kicker can kick at the end of the game, I think you I- control the field goal kicker. It's not the, it's not the kicker's fault. It's you. That is user. Don't blame a video game character for user error on you missing a field I goal. I got a lot of people watching. There's a lot of pressure. I mean, I'm saying tight. The line is Titans minus seven and a half. We will revisit that uh, when you get going. Okay. So I've got one under the radar Titan. He needs to have a great training camp to help the Titans take another step. And this guy is truly under the radar, right? So that that guy is Derek Roberson for me. Because you talk about the pass rush and what the Titans lost with Jarrell Casey. Jeffrey Simmons is going to get a lot of attention Vic Beasley has gotten all the attention because of what he brought onto himself. Uh, you've got uh, Kamale Correa, who you saw grow a lot the second half of last year. DeAndre Walker's coming back from an injury that cost him his entire uh, rookie season. But I think Derek Roberson, who is a guy you saw late in the season, get a lot more snaps. An undrafted free agent out of Sam Houston State. I know our guy Teron Davenport loves Derek Roberson. He's a freak athlete. Like you look at, you hear undrafted free agent Sam Houston State, and you think this guy's just not gonna make it. Derek Roberson is a former five-star recruit, originally signed to Texas, and got in a car accident early in his Texas career. That's why he had to transfer. So Derek Roberson is a fast twitch athlete. I compare him, Zach, to the middle reliever on a baseball pitching staff who throws hundred miles an hour. And he's going to get some people out whenever he goes in there. He's not going to be your starter. He's not your closer. But he will help you win some football games because he's got pure speed off the edge. So I think Derek Roberson, if he has a great training camp, he can absolutely be a situational weapon on the Titans defense to get after the passer. Because you saw what he did with Drew Brees uh, in that game against the Saints with getting two sacks. Derek Roberson took a big step forward in the month of December, and I expect him to continue that trajectory. Uh, that's pretty good. I, I've got a kind of a different take on this this question, and we're going to ask you this: uh, Who's the under uh, under the radar Titan that you're watching this training camp? Uh, well, out of the gate, Rashard Davis from Josh Carroll. That is talking about under the radar. Well, I think that Rashard Davis has been talked a lot talked about a lot this offseason because everybody's kind of figuring out who the fourth wideout's going to be. Like, it, is it just Khalif Raymond? 
I don't know. We, we don't know. So yeah. you talked about Roberson. That brings us to a very short conversation about why in the hell was Vic Beasley? He must have been out of shape, right? Is that why he failed his physical? Um, so there's a lot of like nuance to that story because the team did not tell the media in the, in their release that he failed a physical. They did not say that verbatim. They just said he's on the non-football injury list and will be able to join the active roster once he passes a physical. So they did not directly say he failed one. But that's that's what I think people are assuming. And I saw Adam Schefter tweeted that he failed a physical. Maybe Schefter uh, got that from agents like he typically does. Uh, so This leads a lot of people to assume when you absolutely. don't give enough information. So I assume he came in there like a fat ass because he didn't do anything for the last several weeks when he was holding out and he was well, out of shape. And I'll say this. I heard Buck talking about this last night that this could be a strategic move by the Tennessee Titans to allow Vic Beasley to have more time to catch up with the rest of the team. He missed 10 days. And what did the Titans do during all 10 of those that days? Could be abs- I could be absolutely incorrect and wrong about being out of shape. That that makes a lot of sense. Well, I, I thought that made a lot of sense from Buck last night on primetime because the Titans did conditioning. That's all they did for the 10 days that Vic Beasley was not there. So do you give Vic Beasley um, an opportunity to do some of that conditioning stuff uh, uh, first – before joining the active roster, I think that's only fair to the player. I mean, put aside why he wasn't there or the lack of communication. Like you want, now that he's there, you want to make sure you do the best thing for him as an athlete, and and maybe that maybe that plays into it. But again, we don't know. Right? They they're paying him enough money. They have to. They are forced to support him. Right? I mean, they they are forced to. He's sure. there. You've got to treat him. We Roger Saffold says, look, we're gonna open uh, with open arms. When he walks in that door, I just, it's hard when you don't know enough about the situation where you jump to conclusions and assumptions. Like, I don't want to think that he came in overweight and out of shape, but he may be. It's kind of that lends the hand to that idea and philosophy. Um, so, who is the uh, one underrated Titans player you're watching this training camp? You've got Roberson. I think that's a great pick. Uh, uh, we had a couple of Vic Beasley's on there. Uh, Khalif Raymond from Nick Martinez. I, I think th- not necessarily. I think he's on the radar because yeah. of the Ravens catch. Right. But overall, he is under the radar in the entire scheme of the NFL. Yeah. Like Rob says, Johnu Smith. The same thing can be said about Johnu Smith. Is Johnu Smith is under the radar when it comes to the entire NFL? But we've been, how many times have we had Johnu Smith topics this offseason? Like a lot. Like, because Johnu Smith is a guy. And same thing with Jay- waiting for him to take the step. Same thing with Jayon Brown. Jayon Brown, Johnny Smith are are like under Jayon the radar. Brown is taking the step. I, no, I'm, not- I'm not talking about that, Zach. I'm saying under the radar nationally, but not, but way on the radar when you're talking about the Titan circles. Yeah, and Lisa brings up Adam Humphreys. Says under the radar Humphreys. Can he really be something special if he's healthy all season? Can he prove that he's worth nine million dollars? I, I actually love that comment. Well, but again, like. And I had somebody was responding to us at A to Z Sports on Twitter yesterday about how they need to utilize Adam Humphreys. Like Adam Humphreys, people just forget he was leading the team in receptions before he got hurt and missed the last five games. Like they and, and understand that the Titans offense and the passing offense is not going to be a fancy football offense. And so Adam Humphreys is not going to put up the pure stats that he did in Tampa because of lack of volume. 
But the fact is, wasn't that effective? They were two and four when he was leading the the team. No, no, they were not, Zach. That's incorrect. He would he was leading the team in receptions when he got hurt against the Colts in like week twelve. He played up until that point. He and scored a lot because the six six of those games, Marcus Mariota was throwing the football. But again, like you cannot say that Adam Humphreys was not used properly. He got hurt. And he was leading the team in the stat that he's supposed to lead the team in when he got hurt. Like, that's that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you're saying, like, they need to use him more. Well, he was hurt, so they couldn't use him. And then when he was – but when he was on the field, he was making plays. He was creating first downs. He scored the game-winning touchdown against the Chiefs. And then the next game, he scored a touchdown against the Colts. Then he gets hurt, and he misses the ga- every game, including the New England – and the Ravens game, and comes back in the AFC title game. All right, so I, I've got I've got to look up his his game by game stat to see exactly if that is truly a representation of how he played. Let's go to the game log; it's the easiest way to find out. But you have because- to compare the rest of the the rest of the passing game too. Like Adam Humphreys is only good as the passing game when it comes to volume. I understand that he had. He had a uh, a good game in the in the first half of the season Thursday night against Jacksonville when they got beat twenty to seven. He had six receptions for ninety three yards. But Austin, look at this stat line: one reception for five yards against Cleveland, two receptions for negative one yard against Indy Week Two. Week Three was the Jacksonville game in which they lost. He had ninety three yards. Atlanta, two receptions, fifteen yards. Buffalo, four receptions. 30 yards. Denver in the loss 16 to nothing, six receptions, 47 yards. Against the Chargers in a win, four receptions, 40 yards. Against the Bucks, three receptions, 24 yards. I just named you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of the half the fuck freaking season. And those are terrible, dreadful stats Zach, for a man making Zach, $9 million a year. Zach, it's not Adam Humphreys' fault. Uh, <sighs> he was, it's not. How is that his fault? He was leading the team in receptions. That stat doesn't matter. That was, Stop yes, saying it, that. Does. yes no, it does. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Those were dreadful stats that I just read you. Well, you know who Future. else had. You know who else who had dreadful stats before Adam Humphreys got hurt? A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Johnny Smith, Delaney Walker, Khalif Raymond, Anthony Ferkser. Every freaking body. Everybody had dreadful stats before Adam Humphreys got hurt because Adam Humphreys had more catches than anybody else. I'm just saying so that why don't he you understand did not that? do very well. Like that was a not, It was a bad season for the money that you paid Adam Humphreys in the games he played. Like, come on, Austin. Look at the log. Because the offense was bad for the major for the early part, like you pointed out. And then you stopped for a reason on the game log because he started to get more production. No, he didn't. He had one good game against Carolina, four receptions and a loss for 65 yards. Are you kidding me? He didn't. I I can keep going. I I don't mind. I'd actually if you give me a second, I'll pull it up for everybody to see because it's that ridiculous of how poor production it is. I think Lisa has a very a very good point. Is I think we are ready. I, I'm not sitting here writing Adam Humphreys off. I've seen him do it in Tampa. Obviously a different offense, but 
I I think this is could be a big year for Adam Humphreys to take the step now that Ryan Tannehill is a little bit more familiar with what he can do and how to use him. He knows AJ Brown's going to be his guy. I think he can be he can help this offense. But last year, you cannot spew what you spewed because it's not true. He didn't do very but, well. But Zach, according to your logic here, nobody in the passing game did well during the time that Adam Humphreys was playing. That's that's what we're talking but about. No, no, that's not what you're talking about. What yes, did it you is. say? You were you were touting that he led the team like in the first what however many games he was terrible he but he led the team in receptions therefore everybody yeah, else sucked look, ass look dude. at it I, I just did it I, this that, is his game log i this know is, it holy it's brutal. hell it's holy brutal. Hell. why are you not understanding what i'm saying here like adam humphreys led the team in receptions during the regular season before he missed the rest of the season in the colts game correct that stat is not good stat Right. Therefore, everybody else that has anything to do with the passing game had worse stats than Adam Humphreys because he led the team in receptions. Receptions doesn't do, do not matter because if you look at it, AJ Brown only had 52 receptions, but his productivity, the fact is that Adam Humphreys, look at the log, was not productive. And when did AJ we talked about this like two when weeks ago? Was, when was Adam Humphreys productive in this game log? Uh, well, he caught the game-winning touchdown against the Kansas City Chiefs That's late. One catch, and he scored a touchdown early in the Colts game to help them get on the board, and, and then he got hurt after that. So, like, he so was starting two highlight plays. My God, I can't do this anymore. So, let get that off the screen. Let's move on from Adam Humphreys because we're not going anywhere. Why? With, Why are we going anywhere? I think I, we're going somewhere. My only look. I'm not saying Adam Humphreys was a freaking Pro Bowler. I'm just saying that we have to. Un- I'm just saying we have to understand the situation of what the Titans' offense was right then. He missed five games in the season, and you he missed. Saying that he led the team in receptions through when he played is a bad stat. That's all I'm saying. Well, then everybody it's else had bad. Doesn't matter. Everybody else had bad stats too during the first eleven games of the season. If that's what you want to say. But Adam Humphreys was unproductive for the money that they paid him for when he was healthy. Like players get hurt. I, I, I'm the not- offense was unproductive. The pass, excuse me, the passing offense was unproductive for the majority of the season while Adam Humphreys was playing. And it goes back. It goes back to what Lisa said. It's a good comment that because we are awaiting. Adam Humphreys has a lot to prove. If he puts if he puts this up again, that's not going to be good. It's not going to be good at all. I mean, those are really bad numbers. Are I mean, they not? Yes, because the offensive passing game had bad numbers. That's the point. But all season, he had two games over 50 yards, and both of those games were losses. Now, again, the highlight plays – he caught a touchdown against the Colts and a, a game-winning touchdown against the Chiefs. That uh, Tajay Sharp caught touchdowns. So uh, Adam, I, I, Adam, Zach Adam Humphreys does not like he's not going to show up well on the box sheet. Like he's just not because what does he do? It's third and four, and he catches a four and a half yard pass for a first down that we all just slough off when you're looking back at the game log nine months later. But the game log's important. 
But you, Zach, do you not agree with me that when it's third and four and he converts that first down by getting open really quick against the blitz, we forget about that in the game log that because it didn't show up. So that's what you have to talk about when you're talking about Adam Humphries. Look, and now you're pulling the Corey Davis is a good blocker downfield. I get it. He's good at things. But he has as a, as a $9 million slot receiver, you got to put up more than that. And I bet you Adam Humphries would say the same damn thing. Oh, and I'm a not lot disagreeing of things, with that. It's dependent. I, we understand the position is dependent. But that is unacceptable for a $9 million receiver. Correct right. or incorrect? I mean, I yes, but that was the market that the slot receivers were going for at that time. So, but as we talked about Malcolm Butler, Malcolm Butler proved his worth in the second half of the season. And look, Adam Humphrey's going to have more time to prove his contract, but for that, those numbers are unacceptable. You cannot pay that because kind of money Titans, and play and, like that, Zach. Because the Titans' passing offense was unacceptable as a whole for the majority of last season. Am I wrong? No, I, I don't disagree that the passing off like AJ Brown and, and John U. Smith made some massive plays. Late. They had more better games overall than Adam Humphreys did. Yeah, and I agree with Michael. Uh, Humphreys wasn't signed to be a good fantasy football wide receiver. And and look, yes, he has to be better. I'm not saying my my point is when we're when we talk about Adam Humphreys, we cannot just look at the game log and the box score and say, "Oh, Adam Humphreys wasn't worth it," because he did. Get, I'm just saying, remember these things so you can actually have a good conversation about what Adam Humphreys did and didn't do last year. That's I, that's my. I watched point. every game. I'm not I, like I'm not. You know that I watched them with you. It's not like I am just looking at the logs of a slot receiver for the the Jags because I didn't watch all 16 games of their game. I know what he did, but we don't, but we forget. Like, I don't know what catch he had. Uh, I don't know what the catches were. Uh, let's say against the chargers or the bucks, right? When he had in those, like if he, he had, if he had seven combined catches for 64 yards and those two wins, they were close one score wins. I don't know if five of those converted first downs or not I, by looking at the game log. I can't tell that. So that's where I cannot say, I have to say that looking at the game log nine months later isn't fair to what Adam Humphrey's value actually was. Well, the value was not $9 million. Maybe so. And I agree with you. He has to be better this year and he needs to stay healthy. Like those are two it, obvious it, things. And it, it's simple. It's you are what your value is. And if you don't live up to those expectations in our world today, you get criticized. It's okay. Jeff, Jeff says... Jeff says, if you're only looking at the box score, you know better than the national analysts that we bash all the time for just looking at the box score. I agree, Jeff. But Jeff knows that I watched every damn snap. I, Jeff, you really want to? I'll, I'll. But that's what I'll we're doing. Up we're here real quick. And I don't, I'm not trying to one up people. I've watched every play and game Adam Humphreys has ever played in his NFL career. So don't you? You cannot squawk at that. I know what Adam Humphreys can do. I do have a little bit more education on the player because all the Titans fans didn't watch Bucks games prior, which they shouldn't have. I get it. I did. So I, I know what he's capable of doing. Do I think that he can reach the $9 million mark in value and worth on the field? I truly do. But you can't do what you did last year and, and expect to get there. That's all I'm saying. So to back to Lisa's point, I think that is one guy that I think we're watching for this year 
to look at. Maybe not the training camp because of what everything's going on. And I've got a different take on this whole thing. So I'm not necessarily answering the under the radar question, but I am saying a, a player that is going to make the impact that could be seen in okay. training. Can I wrap up the Adam Humphreys conversation real quick? Just with just with actual like more than box score stuff that we're talking about in the Chargers game where Adam Humphreys had four catches for 40 yards uh, in the it, when it was tied 10-10 on a on a drive that ended in a touchdown. Tannehill hit Adam Humphreys for 11 and uh, for 11 yards on second and nine, uh, and they scored a touchdown. Also late in at in the fourth quarter, it was third and 11. Tannehill short pass to Humphreys, who ran for 14 yards to convert third and 11 to set up a first and goal in which um, the Titans. You can read those to your blue in the face. It's still not going to calculate nine million dollars. I'm just saying he converted. And I'm just saying. He, I'm you just saying. The, you, Zach, I'm bringing up two specific times in a game where the Titans won by three points, where he converted first downs on touchdown drives. One being a third and eleven, and That's, he did that, and he needs to do a lot more of that. He did not do near enough because the stats. If you just want to, and I'm not saying just look at the game logs, there aren't enough receptions and yards to to make up nine million dollars worth of value of what you're saying. That's those those are good quality. I'm not downgrading what you said. I'm saying that you can't do that enough because there's not enough statistics in there. Well, but that's my point, is that you're saying there's not enough stats, but he led the team in receptions before he got hurt. So nobody had enough stats through the 11 first 11 Receptions games. and yardage is different. But Zach, we know what Adam Humphreys is. He's not going to be a yards guy. He's, that's not what he, he's underneath. Like, not everybody is going to be able to go run the same routes that AJ and Corey Davis do. Adam Humphreys is, again, third and four. He picks up four and a half. You get first down. That's the point. So his average per catch this past year was, what, 10.1. That's Yes, that's great. If Adam Humphreys is a slot guy in averaging over 10 yards a catch, that's good. The problem is, is you can't pay a receiver nine million or nine million dollars to only catch thirty-seven passes because he missed five games. What the hell are you I, doing? I get that, but look no, at you what don't look at what AJ Brown did with fifty-two receptions because he's not he's not a slot receiver who's a underneath possession guy. Like, there, there are good slot receivers. It's the slot receiver in general, and you know that has evolved into something a lot more. It's more more. A dynamic because the passing game of not look. I understand they're a running football team, but in general, NFL football teams get their slot receivers involved. They got him involved. He was leading the freaking team in catches before he got hurt. So what? Why? That's so asinine of you. It does what not yield nine million dollars worth of value. It doesn't even close. Well, they didn't pay him nine million dollars because he got hurt. That now you're that. Oh, now I'm, bringing up, now I'm bringing up facts? Yeah, and he would have had more stats if he didn't get hurt. So how much did they pay him? Uh, whatever 
Yeah. Nine million dollars. I don't have my do math on air. I don't have my phone to use my calculator because my dumbass phone's trying to back up uh, my iCloud right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's my fault, Zach. Smart ass. No, okay. So let's let's do, <laughs> oh, let's do mean, nine. Okay, mine. <laughs> nine million dollars divided by sixteen equals that times that by eleven. Then what that's what that? they paid him. I don't know. I'm not a freaking genius. I just know how to look up more than box scores. I'm just looking for facts. Good Lord. A to Z Sports here live. I don't know why. Who is your player, by the way? Under uh, the radar. Again, you you wanted the last word. I'll let you have the word, no, last word. No, I'm asking you. Who is the under the radar? Who is Mine was Derek Roberson. Who is your under the radar? So my – this is a team philosophy. What I'm looking for this training camp, for as much as we can practice because the damn coronavirus, I think this will happen, but I think it starts from training camp. I think Rashawn Evans takes the step to possibly the leadership that Keith Bullock brought to those teams back in the day. This is the year, year three, that Rashawn Evans becomes the leader of the defense. I think he has every everything that can do that. I think he leads on the field by example. I think he can lead by his voice. I think this in training camp, you will see – him grab the bull by the horns and take that step as a leader. He's not under the radar as a guy like Khalif Raymond or Roberson or some of the other guys, but he's a guy that can take a big-time step that a defense with, let's just face it, we don't truly know who's going to be calling the defensive plays. You need a guy like that to manage and be the anchor of that D. No, I, I mean, I, I, Rashawn Evans is going to have a big year because after this year for Rashawn Evans, they have to decide on his fifth-year option. So I oh, think Rashawn Evans, yeah, abs- well, they should. And based on the trajectory from year one to year two and what year three could be for Evans, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, a to Z Sports here live on a Titans Thursday. Thank you, Jeff. Brings up Adam Humphreys, 6.187. <laughs> so, that, that's straight facts, homie. He wasn't worth $6.1 million. All right, it is eSports here on the show. Agreed. I mean, yeah, he he the offense, the passing offense underperformed. Yes, for the most was part. Was Adam Humphrey's worth six point one eight seven five million dollars? Um, probably not quite. All right, it is eSports. Let's get to this. Um, there was there's some a report coming out that the NFL could move games to Saturday because of the lack of college football. So we're going to play this, and we're also going to tell you guys and ask you guys a question about this because a Denver Broncos reporter brought this up on Twitter over the weekend or or earlier this week, and I think it's a a good discussion. Would you prefer the Titans-Broncos game to stay on Monday night or to move to Saturday night primetime? That's the question. But first, Zach, tell the people about uh, Tucker Agency. Yeah, the Tucker Agency can help you save money if you stick 6.1% million dollars or nine million dollars it doesn't matter they can save you money and i know you're spending money on insurance you probably don't even know how much you're paying tucker agency can help out will and his team can look at your policy restructure it and the average customer that emails them 20 percent. they can save 20 percent of money that's more food on the table for your family more money in your pocket for bills or for leisure it doesn't matter but redo your insurance policy if you have a home you have homeowners insurance if you rent, you should have renter's insurance. Life insurance if you got kids. Car insurance if you drive. Will at TuckerTN.com. Email Will and just say, hey, heard about you on A to Z Sports. How do I save money? It's as simple as that. Him and his team will go back, 
Look at your policy, save you money, and boom. You you have benefited off of the Tucker Agency, Nashville's independent insurance agency. All right, A to Z Sports here live on a Thursday. we got the magic bucket coming up. But asking you guys the question, would you prefer uh, the Titans-Broncos game to stay Monday night, which, remember, we're talking like late, the second of two games Monday night, or would you prefer it to move to Saturday night? And before we play, uh, before we read your comments, let's play this from Ian Rappaport talking about the possibility of the NFL using the Saturday window. In my understanding, talking to several people with knowledge of this situation and involved in the planning here, is this is something that is possible. Taking NFL games that were on Sunday, perhaps regional games, or maybe even better, and moving them to maybe 4 o'clock Saturday, maybe primetime on Saturday. Now, this would really only happen if the bulk of the college football games were moved. If there still were teams playing, if still were conferences playing on Saturdays in the fall, the NFL would proceed very cautiously, would proceed very slowly and carefully, uh, mainly because of some of the legal reasons and the contracts uh, attached to these college football games on, on Saturday. And uh, first of all, Moving games from Sunday to Saturday, if this is something, and this would be something the NFL would consider, is not actually that difficult in this landscape because fans would not be involved at this point. You'd have no or limited fans in the stadium. And then, of course, you have the revenue it would bring in. And mm -hmm. while these games were already going to be on TV, just on TV Sunday rather than, than Saturday, the thought is it would bring in some additional revenue. Unclear how much at this point, but some additional revenue that might go toward helping the 2021 salary cap, which at this point is at least $175 million, so obviously down from the about $200 million it is this year. So I want to say something really quick. Okay. Did you look at his background? I did not. You need to pop it back up there for a quick second? Pop it back up for a second. All right. In my understanding, talking to several people with knowledge of this situation. The pool balls? That – that's a – and I've seen Ian Rapport. He's a little guy, but that's a grown-ass man's backdrop. You look at Nick Wrights, that guy is in an eighth-grade homeroom. Yeah. Like, th th that's professionalism. So, bravo yeah. to Ian Rapoport and big-time shade to Kansas City Chief fanboy Nick Wright. All right, so the question is, would you prefer Titans-Broncos stay Monday night or move to Saturday night? Remembering – the kickoff for Titans Broncos Monday Night Football currently is at 9 10 p.m. Central Time. That's 9 10 Central, according to ESPN.com right now. So, let, and we, we talked about this before. The ACC is the outlier. Correct. Right now, the ACC is taking up some of the Saturday, September 12th weekend games. Now, a lot of those are the one non-conference ACC game. So it's like Miami versus FIU or something like that. Um, so uh, so the ACC, this is an ESPN game, right? Because I saw, I saw Dom say, I don't mind Saturday if it's still on ESPN, not NFL Network. This is Monday night. It would still be branded Monday night football. But it would so it would be ESPN on Saturday night in this hypothetical situation. But Zach, I I'm gonna say this. I'm all about Saturday night. Monday night kickoff at 9 10. Ugh, no. 
Like, that's awful. That's stupid. It's so late. That should it. I know it's out in Denver, but that should be like Chargers Broncos or something, or like Rams Chargers, LA, LA. And, you know, where they have that game at like seven o'clock normal time, but nine, 10 central is bad. Uh, I, I think the correct answer is Saturday. And that's just because if you push Titans Broncos back, it gives it more flair. It, it, it the spotlight is on it because you've already played you move it up. Yeah. We're so, pushing it back or moving it up. Well, I, I guess move it back from Monday to Saturday. That's how I'm moving it up. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm getting the scheme of it starts Thursday, right? Thursday is kickoff between Chiefs Texans, and then Saturday night you sit there and I guess again I, I'm looking at it differently. But for Saturday night. People are hungry. We are starving for NFL football. And to get a singular game like this, I bet you they would move more games if the ACC doesn't play, yeah. not just Titans-Broncos. So you'd get probably a three-game slate on Saturday, and we'd get back to some normalcy. But you are correct. Uh, the better move would be to push it back for more fans nationally to get to see the showcase of – the Tennessee Titans, and let's just face it, your boy Drew Locke and the Broncos, they've changed their roster around quite a bit. They've got two really good outside pass rushers. They've got now Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay in the backfield. They drafted a buku of wide receivers to help your boy Drew Locke. The, the, the Denver's, I've said this, the Broncos, I'm not predicting any games. we got a long time for that. The Broncos are my dark horse AFC team that's going to come out of nowhere and be like, damn, they've really taken some stride. I don't think that they're going to be the the five or six win team that they were last year. I'm not sure how many games. A lot of people think the Broncos are going to take a big step forward. They got a lot of, they got a lot of talent on the outside, but Sutton and Fant who who have been there, who are growing. Then you've got Jerry Judy and and a lot of other really higher on the Broncos than I am on the Raiders. I feel like a lot of people are higher on the Raiders. I would agree with that. I think Broncos over Raiders, but I think that, and we talked about this when the schedule came out in May that uh, week one is the right time to get the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Absolutely the right time to get the Broncos. All right, it is eSports here live. So let's go through some answers. Uh, would you guys prefer Titans-Broncos to be Monday night, which is at 9, 10 Central time, or would you prefer it to be Saturday night primetime? Real quick, let me tell you before we read your comments about the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org. It's really simple. People get hurt. Your kids get hurt. You might get hurt. Your family member might get hurt. To make sure they get the best recovery uh, possible, go to boneandjointtn.org, the Bone and Joint Institute, the region's destination for comprehensive uh, orthopedic and sports medicine care. Check them out, boneandjointtn.org. And Dom brings up not with the Chiefs in their division. I mean, absolutely right. I mean, they are fighting for a wild card. It's just like I would probably predict, which isn't, uh, you know, that surprising is that, you know, the Browns, they're fighting for a wild card. They're not going to surpass either the Steelers or the Ravens in their division. They're just, that's a hard division. I think the AFC South, it's more competitive. Without Tom Brady, I think the AFC East is going to be really weird, but the AFC East and the AFC South, those are two divisions. We could have a, probably a bigger show on this, uh, maybe even tomorrow or next week is what's the most competitive division football? 
Yeah. That's, I'd, I'd love to talk about that because I think the AFC South would be up there and the changing of the tide. I, I think that's a really good discussion. So, yeah. So uh, Josh says that late of a starting time ever for Saturday, get more viewers too. Now I've seen some people say that they would prefer to stay Monday night because of their work schedule. Uh, personally, I saw some people cause we put this poll up on Twitter, on Facebook and Instagram, people saying, that no, they've already asked off for that Monday. Like, don't don't ask off for Monday. You better ask off for Tuesday because you're going to be staying up late. Fourth quarter is going to be on Tuesday. Well, they could work up. during the game, graveyard. Maybe that's what they meant. Maybe so. Maybe so. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be like you're going to. It's going to be a late kick. I think Saturday makes the most sense. And from what I'm seeing. I think most people agree Saturdays. I'm seeing Bobby, Yannick, James, Dustin all Saturday. So I think the majority is saying Saturday here watching our show. I'm ready for it, though. I'm ready for some football. Uh, I'm tired of fighting about the damn coronavirus and what should happen. I'm ready for some football. Give it to me now. Inject it in my veins. I don't want to talk about corona ticks anymore. All right, A to Z Sports, let's talk about the Magic Bucket because the Magic Bucket is going to terrify us all. It is the BioPure Music City Magic that, Bucket. As you that see I it, don't right want there. in my veins. Yeah, we do not want the ma- – well, you, you might need BioPure Music City to help you out when it comes to uh, keeping your home clean. They're changing the standard of clean with BioPure Music City. Check out that phone number, 615-635-0555. Hospital grade disinfectant you can have uh, for both your home and for your place of work and business. Bio Pure Music City uh, on Facebook as well. All right, Zach, it is sticker time for me, uh, and I do have a sticker. Now I had to adjust. I had um, five stickers come in for me. That's good. I, I need to order now. Like I need to order for my next round of for my next round of stickers because. I'm dry. I have one more sticker in the holster, but I'm waiting for something specific to happen to use that sticker, and it hasn't happened yet. And so now I had to 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 act without that sticker. So my sticker for the magic bucket is I was looking at this thing, and I, I there's just like all oh, the stickers are good. I, I like the majority of these stickers, but there's one that I just cannot stand, and it's just that big ass black like uh, sticker that's just this butch right there. Yeah, I, that's my sticker. I hate, yeah, of course it's your sticker. Like I just, I look all aboard the lane train. Great sticker, Butch, great. not so much. And so my way to get rid of that Butch sticker because of how much I dislike what that represents is I'm putting, I'm putting a big fat balls, orange tri-star right over that Butch slap right there. So that is where I'm going with my sticker. Cause Butch is gone. Butch is no longer in our lives. Moving on from Butch Jones. Champions of life right there. Butch would be proud. That orange right over his face. Orange TriStar, baby. That's that's my sticker for the day. All right, Zach. I, that, I not- and that goes to your glasses that are on there, too. Right? Well, the glasses got partly covered up because of the BioPure Music City sticker uh, because we are certified BioPure Clean. Uh, so, Zach, um, I forget what order we go in because you I never remember. I pick for you. So I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, like that's your, your my job is to keep up with the magic bucket since we're since we're not right with each other. Yours is to know which way uh we need to go. All right, so this is for Zach. 
just uh, more people are watching the magic bucket because they see what we do the next day and they actually want to see this. It's it's a very entertaining. I'm this trying is, to. This yeah, is probably the most entertaining part of our show all week. I, I would even say that. Yeah, all week. I love the reaction shows on game day when we do it live. I do love that. But all this right. is this is like a mathematical phenomenon. Everybody took probability in elementary school when you're like, okay, let's put, you know, you have like 18 Skittles in a bag. Only one of them is purple. What's the probability that you pull the purple Skittle out multiple times, right? That's that everybody's done that in elementary school. What's the probability that three out of six times I pull FaceTime one of your college buddies right now to see who answers? This isn't absurd. This is the third week in a row that I have pulled this out of the magic bucket. And the magic bucket is very full of like 40 plus things. I do not understand how this mathematically is possible. It's wow. a math. So I have to FaceTime. So now it's done. Yeah. So now it's going to be over. It only lasted three weeks. That's really I did impressive. It. I look, I like that. That's a lot better than some of the other stuff that's in that damn bucket. <laughs> like dressing up like Elton John. Yeah, there's a lot worse ones in there. All right, um, all right Zach. So you have uh, three. Do I go ahead and pull now, or do I wait for you to go through? You have you get to FaceTime three college friends. Okay. Uh, and you have man, to say, I, I miss you so bad. strategically play this because I got to have one in the ringer, you know, my third call. Yeah. No, I, I, I had to do it, and I, I failed at first, but I got saved late. And okay. while you're while you're doing that, Zach Reagan's right. Butch Jones still gets the clicks, though. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt about that. So Zach, uh, you are now having to FaceTime and G Man on base the uh, low hanging fruit dad joke of Do you even have three friends? Oh, I'm sure the same. I'm sure G Man said the same thing to me two weeks ago. All right, I will. I am going to FaceTime one of my buddies that I have not. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna. You better just, just do it. You got to act. This is taking too long. This guy, he may, I hope he doesn't cuss on air because Josh says maybe slime will pull through for you. Let's see. This is going to be funny. This is the guy that in the group text message sends you all like the not suitable for work messages. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So pull him up first, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, that's the goal. So but he's also a doctor. He's also a doctor, which is even funnier. And so he may be working at this time. Yeah. Uh, you never know when that clinic Oh, it's connecting. Oh, so, hey, pal, how you doing? Uh, so it did answer first first try. He's, he looks like he's laying in bed. Yeah, don't, yeah. Don't, don't show any nudity or anything. <laughs> this is live on my show. Uh, we had to pick, I had to pick uh, FaceTime one of your college buddies and say, I miss you so bad. I miss you so bad. I miss you so bad too. <laughs> yeah, 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 we got it. We got it through. Yes, you're live on our show, so yeah, you got a hundred people sitting there you're watching waking, you lay in bed. the sleepy out of his eyes. Right, I saw that. Yeah, if you want to uh, describe me in two sentences, cleanly though, uh, cleanly though. A very, very conflicting statement: loving and obnoxious. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, got a heart of gold and, and a mouth as loud as a megaphone. <laughs> I mean, he's four for four. <laughs> All right. Okay, man, I, I, I'm going to continue the rest of my show. You're my hey, look. First call. Uh, this I had three opportunities to call me. First call you answered. That's pretty big. <laughs> no, no butt dial. This is for real. <laughs> All right, man. I'll uh, I'll talk to you later. He's a great guy. Think very highly of him, which is why I answered his face at nine twenty in the morning when I was trying to sleep. Otherwise, I would not have answered it. People I would have taken this phone call from in the world. So that makes you feel any better. There you go. That's a win, baby. That's a win. So we we both passed. We both succeeded um, overall with that. I got saved by Chip calling me back after he didn't answer. So it all works out. All right. BioPure Music City Magic Bucket. Uh, check out BioPure Music City. Again, their phone number, if you want hospital-grade disinfectant by uh, with electrostatic cleaning, uh, 615-635-0555 for BioPure Music City. Now this is for me. Congratulations on passing that. That can uh, now go in the trash. Man, I feel good that I don't have to do that. All right. So uh, this is, this one is for me. What household chore do you perform on a Pro Bowl level? What household chore do I perform on a Pro Bowl level? And uh, for me, it's uh, – <laughs> This is weak. I, this is your, your submission. I know you did. This that. is my submission, yes. Uh, I'm a Pro Bowl level sweeper. I sweep every day. I sweep multiple times a day. Sweeping makes me feel better. It's therapeutic for me. Uh, that that's what I do at a Pro Bowl level. Is I sweep the floors like nobody else. That was an easy one. It Too was easy. Well, look, I've been hard. getting I've been getting destroyed. Yeah, destroyed. Fair. And Fair. Kelvin we, says everybody gets bye weeks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This this is a bye week for me. And uh, Josh says, where do you send? Magic bucket ideas. DM us, not on the show. DM us uh, with that. And Kelkin says this man needs a Roomba. I haven't. I have a Roomba. His name is Wadsworth, and Wadsworth is great. He does a good job, but sometimes he can't find his home, and I just need to t- clean up after him. And so Wadsworth, uh, I, I sweep. I sweep over vacuum. That's just how I go. I uh, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna struggle with that question because you don't do anything. Well, I haven't picked it yet, so I don't want to say. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you guys later on. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Uh, Zach will be back with uh, NFL Blitz coming up later uh, this uh, today at some point. And we got Titans availabilities. Busy, busy stuff uh, for the rest of the week for A to Z. So thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you later. Adios.